welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back to your favorite podcast. We are a couple who watch horror movies. I scream and die a little, he laughs maniacally, and we all learn a little bit about the history of the film. This month we are doing zombie comedies, and after the roller coaster that was the Return of the Living Dead movies, did I get it right? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, that uh-huh is Josh, I am Cindy. What are we watching today? We are watching... Return of the Living Dead, Part 3. <laughs> okay. So are we just watching Return of the this, Living Dead movies? This is where we end our Return of the Living Dead. All right. How uh, many are party there? Party bus. I think there's five. We are only going to watch three. Okay. Um, how many returning characters do we... Uh, how many returning actors playing a different character do we have? Uh, zero. This movie is <laughs> totally different. <laughs> okay. Um, I will say, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this, mm. Return of the Living Dead is... Super fucking 80s. Um, Return of the Living Dead 2 is like a parody of right. the 80s. This movie is 90s as fuck. Love that. <laughs> That's my years, yo. I'm good. This movie seems like it would take place in like an episode of Blossom that went horribly wrong. So when did this movie come out? Um, this movie came out in 1993. Nice. It's a so, good year. I was 13. There you go. I was 11, because this is October. Okay. What, what? Uh, <laughs> okay. I'm excited for this movie, because is it the best of the films? No. Is it the craziest? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. More on why? Maybe? After? Oh, okay. Um, but 1993. It's a fucking wild year for movies. What do we and got? wild year in general. Uh, so 93 is the year that Clinton was sworn in. Mm-hmm. Um, the World Trade Center bombing happened. Oh, the, yeah, the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the unsuccessful one. <laughs> the blizzard of 1993. Yeah, that was wild. Uh, the Brady Bill was signed into law. <laughs> we had gun control. Yeah, barely. That's fucking wild. Yeah. Uh, and Waco. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Waco happened. Waco, Texas. David the David Koresh. Koresh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, people that were born that year were Ariel Grande and Kiki Palmer. People that we lost that year were Audrey Hepburn, Kay. Andre the Giant, oh. Lillian Gish, mm. Conway Twitty, mm. Vincent Price, mm. Frank Zappa, mm. and River Phoenix. Mm. So there you go. Guys, um, what a year. Yeah. The movies of 1993 were Tombstone, Kay. Son-in-Law. Yeah, I fucking wrote Son-in-Law down. <laughs> I used to love that movie. Yeah, go ahead. Crawl. Uh, Jurassic Park. I wrote Son-in-Law down before I wrote Jurassic Park down. That's where <laughs> my head was when I made this list. Uh, Dazed and Confused, Hocus Pocus, The Sandlot, True Romance. Great movies. The Fugitive, and Guillermo del Toro's first film, Kronos. What a great group of movies. Which is, this movie, when you watch it, keep in mind, this movie it takes place around these films is when it comes out, but it feels... Totally different. Not like... You're like, this movie wasn't supposed to come out now. Like, it feels, it doesn't feel like a modern movie in comparison to these other films. It's weird. All right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this movie did get a limited U.S. release on All right. October 29th of 1993. Ooh, that's a good time, perfect timing for it to come out. I do believe this is An ideal time slot. Yeah. The longest of the three Return of the Living Dead films. Uh-oh. How long? It is one hour <sighs> and 37 minutes long. What? 
You're pushing my limit. Um, he remember uh, remember all the way a few minutes ago when I was like, this movie might be the craziest of the three. Tell me why. Not the best, not the most fun, but the craziest. Okay. So this movie is directed by Brian Usna. Okay, we've heard that name before. Um, Brian Usna is the director of Society. Okay. Crazy movie, but go ahead. Uh, Bride of Reanimator. We've watched all these movies. If anybody would like to go back and listen to those to find out how we feel about Brian Usna beginning and at the beginning of each uh, my, episode. My two fondest memories of both of those films were with Society, an hour into the movie with a half hour left, you're like, I don't know what's happening. Like, <laughs> you don't need to. Okay. Yeah, I do. I remember uh, that. And then Bride of Reanimator, I was like, I'm just going to tell you that at some point there's a head and he oh, yeah. sews um, bat wings on it and, and brings the bat wings to life and the head flies around. You're like, that's not a thing. You just made that up. And I'm like, okay. And it was not. Uh, it was a real thing. Shit. Yes. Uh, Brian Nisa also directed Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, The Initiation. Okay. Uh, and then this. <laughs> he did all those movies and then this. Wow. Uh, he's the producer of Reanimator, From Beyond, Warlock, uh, Ticks. We've done two of those movies. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Love that movie. No, we did three. We did, we've did. we done Reanimator, we've done From Beyond, and we did Warlock. Okay, yeah. I missed From Beyond. Uh, From Beyond. Uh, this movie is written by John Penny, who wrote The Kindred. Uh, and he was the assistant editor on Girls Just Want to Have Fun. And the original Return of the Living Dead. That's the only okay. connection to the original Turtle. Is movie. that he was the assistant editor. Okay. There you go. That's um, not, not a good hold, but all right. I, I want to throw out two special effects people that worked on this film. Give them so, to me. Steve Johnson. Thank did, you, Steve Johnson. Steve Johnson is a maniac. Um, Steve Johnson took a bunch of uh, mushrooms and cocaine and sculpted Slimer in the middle of the night and was like, done, <laughs> done, <laughs> son. And he got his own cartoon show out of it. Yeah. Uh, he did makeup on an American Wire from London, Videodrome, okay. oh, that's Trouble right. yeah. China. We've talked about Demons, him a lot then. Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Species. He did uh, special effects on Leviathan, Suburban Commando with Hulk Hogan, uh, Lord of Illusions, and The General's Daughter. There Ooh, you go. I like General's Daughter. Yeah. Um, and then he also designed, like I said, Slimer. Um, he helped design and create all of the creatures in Fright Night. Cool. And he designed the monster that's on the back of the truck in Big Trouble in Little China. And oh, he, okay, yeah. Gosh, helped, I almost forgot yeah. all about that. He helped do a lot of the design for The Abyss. Okay. Steve Johnson. Probably talked about him on The Abyss episode then um, as well. Yeah, I guess he has a connection to the first of the films because he was married to Linnea Quigley. Okay. Who played trash in the first film. Who <laughs> was naked yeah. a lot. Uh, and then the other person is Christopher Nelson. Tell me about Christopher Nelson. He's an actor and a makeup person, and I guarantee you've seen him in one thing. So he played Uma Thurman's husband that gets murdered in Kill Bill. Oh, I can't picture his face, but I, I mean, well, I've seen like that movie a lot. The Bride of the Groomside. Like, I've seen that's that movie him. a lot. <laughs> he's like a makeup guy who just does bit parts in movies. Yeah. He's just there. Um, he did makeup effects on Men in Black. Austin Powers, X-Men, Pirates of the Caribbean, Kill Bills 1 and 2, Land of the Dead, Deadpool, Avengers Infinity War, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills, and then soon to be released 
Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, cool. So he's still working. Oh, nice. very, very much so. He has a podcast with, um, oh, I can't remember his name. My brain just died. Okay. Sean Clark. Oh, cool. We know yeah, Sean the, Clark. Um, the thing with two heads is their podcast. It's yeah, fucking yeah. awesome. Got Sorry, it. Sean Clark. My brain just died for a second. Grad school. Every time my brain stops working, I'm just going to yell grad school from now on. It's, it's okay. my interjection. Interjection. We understand, hon. Uh, okay. The cast. The cast. Uh, we have Melinda Clark. Okay. As Julie Walker. Julie Walker. Um, she was in the Spawn movie. All right. With Black Dynamite playing Spawn. Okay. That's a thing. Uh, remember the TV show The OC? Uh, vaguely, but she yeah. She was on that show. Okay. Um, she's the female lead and kind of the point of the movie. Is okay. Her. Uh, and then we've got J. Trevor Edmund, who plays her boyfriend. J. Trevor Edmund. Kurt Reynolds. <laughs> okay. Who was in Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, and Lord of Illusions. <laughs> Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. Okay. Uh, then we got Kent McCord, which your mom will know. Okay. He's, he's a... uh father of Kurt, Colonel John Reynolds. All right. Um, younger people, by younger people, I mean our age, probably known <laughs> from Predator 2 and Airplane 2. Right. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. His claim to fame was he was Officer Jim Reed on Adam 12, that cop show. Yeah, that's something my mom yeah. would know about. He was in like a fuckload of TV. Like, if there's a TV show from like the 60s to the early 90s, he popped up on an episode somewhere. Okay. Um, then we got Sarah Douglas as Colonel Sinclair. Um. She's Ursa from Superman and Superman 2. Okay. The, the evil Superman lady. Yeah. The, it's like Zod and then I forget the other guy and her get and put her. in the negative zone and shot out into space and they land on Earth and then they're the baddies of Superman 2. Yes. Um, and then there's a cameo. Uh, Anthony Hickox plays Dr. Hickox. He is the director of Waxwork, Waxwork 2, Lost in Time, and Hellraiser 3. <laughs> Just happens to be. Three. We've done a yeah. lot of these movies. These are going to be familiar faces and names. And all right. So there you go. There we go. Uh, this movie has a totally different. Because the second movie was just like the first. Yeah. So this is to- th- now for something completely different. Now for something completely to understand? different. And like the first two films were released on a special edition Blu-ray by Scream Factory. Mm-hmm. This is a good old Vestron release. What does that mean? It totally different company that's a little less hoity-toity horror. All right. I say that like Shop Factory is like hoity-toity. Vestron <laughs> is like, do you want a fucking big special edition of like Waxwork or Warlock? Yes, I do. And you have them. I want these like really random, very specific low budget horror films from the 80s that's my man y'all um they're they're the ones that did the special edition blu-ray release of maximum overdrive cool i guess okay so this is the part of the podcast where josh shows me a poster from the movie and i try to tell you the meaning of it so is it a safe bet for me to say that chemicals leak into a cemetery and you know all hell breaks loose I mean, if you want to go with that. All right, let me see the poster. Let me see. Tagline is, she's to die for. Oh, I think it's going to be different. So it's a, it's like a lady. She has like 
scary long fingernail things. I think it's going to be about um, a woman who return who like a woman zombie who like seduces and kills. Um, uh, that's all I think. <laughs> I don't know how to tie it into the chemicals or I think it's just a woman comes back from the dead and gets her prey by, you know, like making out with dudes. No? Is that a very immature? Uh, we'll see. Maybe. Okay. Maybe not. We'll see. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, we are going to be watching this, like you said, on that random uh, Blu-ray that we have. I am absolutely positive that these are available on any of your four reds, you know, Netflix or Amazon, iTunes, what have you. All right. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. They vowed to stay together forever, that their love would never die. But their pledge remained untested. Oh, cool. No problem on the boss's son, remember? Until they went looking for a thrill and stumbled on the chilling fact. Let's proceed. That even the dead can go on living. They came back to life. We gotta get out of here. And tonight, fate will put their promises to the test. Now that she's dead, he's frightened to live without her. But bringing her back is terrifying. (gasps) Oh, God, Kurt, that was incredible. Let's do it again. Bastards crave brains. She bit me dead. She gave you something bad. And it feels just hungry. Never find you down here. What have you done? If she attacks him, he becomes like her. I just get a little confused sometimes. No! Love never dies. Hey, we watched Return of the Living Dead Part 3. Three. What did everybody think? I know we all watched it. Did we enjoy it more than two? Uh, I I did. I did. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think I did. Welcome to, we should have said, welcome to Return of the Living Romeo and Juliet. Oh, because this movie is the return of the star-crossed lovers. BDSM Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> well, to be fair, if there's ever been one thing that could have made that play better, besides many things, right? BDSM is definitely one of them. <laughs> so, what are the, what are the first thoughts? What's everyone? Uh, all right, let me try and give a summary of what we just watched. Uh, someone in their car right now is going wowzers. Are we all over the place? When she watched, no, no, no. I was talking about when you were like, describe this movie. What were your thoughts? Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. It's a Usna film. It's a Brian Usna film. Okay. I, I don't know what that means. The but director. How did you forget no, I, Brian Usna? No, I know, but like I don't know what that means. The guy like who made stuff Society? stuff is always so... Oh, yeah. Is this the guy that made Society? Oh, yeah. And Bride of Reanimator? Oh, yeah. All right. Where the, right, I guess they sew the bat wings onto the head. Right, 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 right. 
All right. I guess I'm starting to understand things a little more. I'm putting pieces together. This movie. Um, so uh, two teenagers in love, two heteronormative teenagers in love, um, get into a bike wreck and the boy uses his dad's authority in handling the zombies to bring her back to life. But she is slowly becoming a zombie. And I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a fairly brief one, but yeah. I mean, I. So. That, that's all it really is. IMDb. It's adventures and trying to keep her alive. Well, she's dead. It's just. Well, it's. Keep her. From fully crossing over? She's fully crossed. The thing is, it's inevitable. It's about trying to, they're trying to find, the army dudes are trying to find his son before she turns all the way and attacks him. Right. Or infects more people. That was Like, it's inevitable that she's going to be a full-on zombie at some point. She has no say in the matter. I actually don't even know why she's not a full-on zombie. Because she keeps hurting herself. Uh, Because that makes sense. But let's the talk power about of, the power of their love keeps her alive. Power of love, brother. Uh, having IMDb that has been a having, great song to put there. They could not afford that. Having recently witnessed the horrific results of a top secret project to bring the dead back to life, a distraught youth performs the operation on his girlfriend after she's killed after she's killed in a motorcycle accident. Like Ro- you said, Roger. Um, so basically, the boy, his father is in charge of a military installation in Los Angeles. It's always the military. Well. I mean, that would make sense. Horrible shit like this would be under the purview of the military. And they're just... Um, They'd be like, we got this. We keep fucking it up. Well, yeah, um, I guess Like, we fair. accidentally made this. We were trying to kill, like, as many Vietnamese possible in the six, Vietnamese people as possible in the 60s. And right. it just brings them back to life. Um, Oops. It's basically Agent Orange, right? Yeah. With the added benefit that it just brings the Zombieism. dead back to life. Yeah. Yay. Um, so, he runs this thing where they're trying to figure out how they can... So in the first two films, mm-hmm. it's how do we kill them? And then in the... In this one, it's how do we tame them how and do use I... them as weapons? Right, because they want to be able to send them in, you know, with, like, you know, human grenades. They can just go somewhere, you know, trapped in yeah. body armor and then just explode, or trapped in, in, and in really, grenades and really, explode. it's two fucking horrible Ugh. sides of the same coin where the guys, the boy's I mean, dad... What else are you going to do with these ultra-violent things? Well, the like, boy's dad has a plan... That he's gonna like keep them frozen until it's time to thaw them out, and then use them to like t- kill enemy combatants. Right. And then the woman colonel, um, what's her name, uh, Sarah Douglas. Right. Her thing is, what if we just built giant metal exoskeletons around them <laughs> oh, and controlled right. them that way? I forgot about which is that. goddamn terrifying looking. I totally forgot about her idea to do that with, with like River Man or whatever. Yep, she yep, puts yep. Them in she sure end. did. So she sure did. It's literally two military scientists arguing about who's less terrible about how they're going to treat these zombies. Right. Uh, so that's the thing. But then them. I'm also then we're conflicted. Like, oh, am I worried about how they're treating zombies? Yes, because this movie does do something. This harkens back to your uh, fondness for Night of the Living Dead Part Three, right? Yeah. Do you mean Day of the Dead? They, they, thank you. <laughs> Look, I am trying so hard to keep these straight. The names are so close. But in that in in Day of the You're Dead, talking about Bub. Yeah, in Day of the Dead, that idea of using them for something or abusing them in some way, mm-hmm. you know, your heart kind of 
melted a little bit for that. Well, in this, they they go they do something that few zombie movies have done before this, which is you spend more time with the zombies or the characters that become zombies, yeah. and then once they become zombies, you feel for them. Like Riverman is like a really nice guy, and he ends up like the homeless guy mm-hmm. ends up in that metal exoskeleton. Oh, right. And then Melinda Clark, the main female, she's the main character, yeah. period. Like, she ends up S&M caught, and they're going to, like, saw her head off and, like, do all kinds of experiments oh my, on and her. And so he can't. And he's, like, lets her go at the end because he can't do it. But, right. Well, yeah. in the end, I mean, he, he goes into the night with her, so to speak. Yeah. But, they oh, pull sorry. A James Karen. They pull a James Karen. It was sad. But... Yeah, I think we're all over the place. I'm just going to say this. This is how the plot of this movie goes. Two teenagers in love steal dad's key pass to get into the military base, sneak in, see a zombie, are like, oh, zombies are real, which I would not, in this world, how would you not know zombies are real after the events of the previous two movies, which I guess this is, again, like a reboot where none of the other movies have happened. I mean, the original, I I guess... It happened. Like, uh, and then it, everything is what happens to the zombies after the original. Yeah. And then the they, ones that can't be killed. They see zombies and then they, they sneak out and mm-hmm. then they go back to their mega house, like the boy's mega house because his dad's like a colonel. Right. And then his dad's experiment failed. So he gets reassigned and he tells his son, like, we have to leave. We're going to Oklahoma City. We're leaving California for Oklahoma. Yeah, like tomorrow. And No, it's like a month. Like, you got a month. Mm, okay. And I didn't think was it was like, that soon. But. Yeah, he was like, you got, a, like, you got like a, I think, two to three weeks to say whatever, and then we're moving, and then we got a couple weeks to get set up there. Um, and he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave his girlfriend behind. And he's like, Dad, I'm, I'm old enough. I'm not leaving. I'm staying here. And, his dad, and we learned that mom had mom's yeah. dead, and no, I'm not going to lose you. And, and they get in this huge fight. Right. And then true to teenage rebellion, and I say this because the character's like, 25 playing right six 17 17 yeah uh they leave right they get immediately get in a motorcycle accident where she is thrown off the back of the motorcycle <laughs> comically far up into like the Whee! top of a telephone, telephone pole. pole yep and it kills her yeah and then he's like well i just saw the zombies were a thing and how we made them so this so is where my back and makes a zombie this is where my first question comes in so my first question is, Please even ask if me he about her on the back of the wheel of the motorcycle as they ride into the I instead. no, I have no questions about that. That makes perfect sense. Please, no, that makes sense. Um, so even if he brought her back, that doesn't mean that she's invincible. She would still have a broken neck, a broken leg, like punctured rib. Like she, does that make sense? Oh no, hundred percent. She would also. <laughs> Probably come back as a monster who would want to eat other people, which right. she does. Which kind over of. time, um, she holds it in check. This movie does uh, using it does try really hard to justify the brains thing, where he's like, "Oh, it's the electrons of the brain right. that they to need. give like a, a scientific reason, like that I, this keeps happening." I do just like do the fact it, that it just it's brains. with them. Like I don't really need that explained. Brains. You didn't. You didn't need to. Like I appreciate it. Because you went out of your way to do it. You don't need to you add detail to. to the monsters. Yeah. Uh, so they escape now that she's 
an undead turning into a full eat everyone zombie. Right. And he's trying to keep her alive away from the military. Mm -hmm. They run afoul of a Hispanic gang. I guess. In a a supermarket, in like a corner store. Sure. uh, What's what I'm looking for? Like an overnight. Bodega? Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, Yep. And And they're playing Pac-Man, I guess. Like it wasn't pinball. And then basically the rest of the movie is them on the run from this Hispanic gang who wants to kill as them. As well as. And his father in the military who are trying to capture her. Right. And then later, another military faction of Sarah Douglas who just wants to kill all of them. Because they know. Oh, right. Because they know. She's like, you're relieved of duty. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to take these scientists and we're going to go do my thing anyway. Even though Peace. you just told me not to. Uh, yeah. And then they meet a really nice homeless gentleman he's so sweet his name is Riverman, and he takes them to his little sewer apartment and they immediately like fuck on his bed that's nice yeah and this is when we start to find out that like she's hungry all the time but like jamming shit in her to like cause a a serious amount of pain kind of keeps the hunger hunger away so like she's biting her hand and she's like putting glass in well, running like um, metal under her skin spoiler alert so when she when they fight the hispanic gang and she appears again she is covered she has pierced herself all over and it's just glass with glass and, and and detritus just everywhere yeah. um yeah very bdsm and like she's extra sexy and it's like oh she put on makeup too but she okay. looks like she's there to either turn you into a zombie or give you lockjaw yes or both yeah. a zombie with lockjaw oh, to be the worst that's, that's terrible for a zombie just have to slurp <laughs> terrible uh but then they capture her take her back yeah all the hispanic and almost, gang and then everything into zombies everyone gets captured and you're like okay everything's fine finally and then, and then of course he's like i gotta see her oh i gotta see her again and he sees that she's going to become one of these they're gonna cut her weapons, head open right? Put her in like this, and he can't big suit let thing. that happen. He lets her out, and then dum dum dum. He dumb. gets bit as they try to escape, and right? Then he's like, he's "Let's do bit, this." They put themselves in the incinerator and die, and then the movie ends um, with them like in love and burning alive. It's very like early nineties love. Like this feels like a time desperate. When there were like these movies. The early '90s had like this, and True Romance, mm-hmm. and Romeo and Juliet, where it was this like young, yeah, unstoppable like, love that ended with just people fucking dying everywhere. <laughs> like you get to have really great, insane sex once, and then you fucking die, like some sort of weird insect. But that's uh, literally what Romeo and Juliet's about. And then, yeah, all those movies are kind of the same thing. As soon as they consummate their love, someone must die. And you. So that's what this movie's about as well. Well, here's the thing, though. Was this a massive hit, by the way? Return of the Living Dead 3. They're fucking a lot before they're even zombies. Yes. There's a lot of them having sex. They don't shy away from that. <laughs> yeah. 17-year-old um, want... sex. How exciting. Well, 17-year-old sex as performed by, like, 25-year-olds. Right. Missionary on scratchy sheets. Yeah, that's about right. You know, uh, side boob under, like, leather jacket. <laughs> right. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say this movie was like a massive hit, but it did okay. It did well. Um, is this And this isn't the end of the line for this series, is it? This is the end of our watching of this series. I remember you saying that. So there's five. And they All did right. one, two, and three. Um, one, two, three, and four. four. F- and fair near concession. And then four and five didn't come out to like way later, like the 2000s. All right. And they shot them near Chernobyl. Oh, like shit. actually near Chernobyl. Why? I Just because it was that cheap? I don't know. Jesus, um, God. So there okay. you go. Yeah, all right. That's a thing. Um, I will say, in regards to this movie, uh, Yuzna mentioned that Trimark, who made the movie, did not require the film to use the same actors or have the same comedic elements as the previous films. Um, they just did that for fun. The only thing, because he was like, he wanted to do the sequel. He actually wanted to do Return of the Living Dead two, and he couldn't. I think because of scheduling or whatever. So when oh, three okay. came around, they hired him, and he was like, "I don't want to make another one of these movies that's like a goofy comedy with." He wanted a to make it a the same dark romance. Like, can I do something totally different? And they were like, "All we kind require." Kind of. like, "All we have to have." You have to check off the boxes of zombies, brain eating. Other than that, check and check. It did. It hits all those for do sure. Do it to it, Brian Yuzna, and he was like, "Okay, dropping some of this comedy. <laughs> like it's fun. There were still silly parts. It's a fun movie, but it's not like a slapstick comedy. Like yeah, Return of the Living Dead. Like two, two is. is agreed. Um, and he came up with a plot because he was disappointed with the amount of screen time." that the bride of reanimator had and bride of reanimator like they spend the whole movie building her and she's oh in the movie okay for like, like a second or 10 minutes okay max. i see what you, i see what he's and saying he was like what if we follow the whole her movie followed her nice that's kind of dope yeah. i like that although uh, i like this movie but bride of reanimator better you well you, well, you love that movie in a bride of reanimator way. is insane you're a wild man um okay and he wanted to do a fourth film that would take place directly after this movie with the zombies having gotten into uh, Los Angeles and run amok. It would have been a zombie movie across all of Los Angeles. But that didn't get made? Um, no. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe Trimark was at least partially owned um, by, uh, uh, what's his name? Dad Menendez. Oh, Ooh, yeah. And this is like the early 90s. So gotcha. Not long after this, um, his sons would murder him and his wife. Right. Uh, and that would just basically like not only be a horrific crime, but it would put an fuck end to up Trimark. all the Trimark plans, plans. for things yeah. that were going to come That'll out. do it. That'll do it for sure. For sure. Okay. So oh, if we're not... Oh, go ahead. I just want to tell you, because I thought you get a kick out of this. The Kurt character, the boy. Okay. The, our yeah, Romeo. Yeah everybody's Romeo Paul Rudd auditioned for that I I would have loved it even more uh, so there you go uh, true to use the form this movie had five different effects companies wow on the shoot at the same time working on different effects of course <laughs> of course <laughs> and people are like why do you like Brian Newsna? I just told you I like Brian Because he uses five different companies for what, his what effects. What if we hired everyone that's currently living in Los Angeles to do effects on this movie? Okay, well, what about the plot? 
<sighs> saying like we'll just do a lot of effects <laughs> and the plot was like secondary to the effects society um and it's fucking insane yes so, it is i will say because you asked how this movie did mm-hmm. um i looked up a couple of the of, of the reviews oh what do we got entertainment weekly gave it a b plus saying quote it's chock full of brain munching zombies and gross <laughs> anatomical effects but it's that touch of uh, amore that makes this one so special <laughs> I would agree. Um, another critic wrote, although it features the same vaguely punk-derived fashion sense and many of the same plot elements as its predecessors, the third effort in the Return of the Living Dead series lacks much of the goofy entertainment value of the previous installments. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I don't know. Uh, well, I gotta hold, I'll hold my rankings yep. for the end of the month. And then uh, one critic wrote, the film was, quote, little more than a twisted catalog of fetishistic, uh, fetishistic imagery for horror movie aficionados. That's what I think. Keen to have a female zombie they can actually find attractive. Found it. Nailed it. Check those boxes. So do, do you think that this movie is more romantic or more exploitative romantic i agree yeah. i think a lot of critics thought this movie was like an excuse to have a zombie that we can show her boobs no and I, I don't i don't get that i think that says more about the critics than it does the movie because i think even when she's full of zombie and we see her boobs that's you're like oh there's that's like not what you're paying attention there's to. there's like shit through them yeah that's <laughs> you're not paying attention to that you're paying attention to the you know nine strips of glass that are sewn in betwixt them Ah, uh, here's the thing. What's up? I I like this movie. It's a good movie. I don't think it was a like I said. I'm gonna save my rankings. Yeah. Um, but there, this one definitely has a place. Uh, yeah, of course it has a place on it. But you know what I mean. Like <laughs> by default, it would have to have a place on. It. Right. That's why I stopped myself. So we're not watching the next installment. You said. What are we watching uh, next week? We're doing uh, Brain Dead, aka Dead Alive. Dead Alive. So. Um, well, we're doing the brain dead cut of the movie. I don't know what that means. We will, you will after next week, but uh, <laughs> just okay. Want to do a couple things real fast. I want to archive this thing because I think this movie is definitely an for sure. Film. I would get yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I would agree with you on that. But let's go ahead and through it. Action for sure. A lot of action. A lot of blood and gross cuts and things and self harm. Um, not uh, R, revolutionary. No, I don't think it gets that because it it's based on well. Here's the, the thing, rules Rob. of it somebody else laid out. Here's the thing. I think we look at revolutionary different. Okay. Because I think you can have a revolutionary sequel. I think you can take, like you take Alien, right? Mm-hmm. And you go, I'm going to make a sequel to that movie. But instead of making a haunted house movie, I'm going to make a full on fucking action movie, and you totally change the game. On right, it. that's a revolutionary and that, take on a on an original property. Hundred percent. But that kind of stuff earns a fucking Oscar, like because it's not done often. I think that I'm not advocating that mm. Return of the Living Dead three is. The most revolutionary movie, I would say it's definitely more revolutionary than part two was. For sure. And it's definitely revolutionary, more revolutionary than a lot of sequels in the 80s because it totally divorces itself 
from the original and just takes like the basic structure and makes an entirely different thing. Okay. Um, the same way that you have like Prom Night and Prom Night 2 or Hello Mary Lou Prom Night 2, which is fucking better than Prom Night. So that's revolutionary. K killing for sure. Lots of that. 17 people. 17 dead bodies in this movie. Thank you. Official. That's the official count. I do what I can. Uh, oratory. I can't really think of any lines. I can't think of any lines either. Off the top of my head. I'm trying to, I remember thinking like, oh, they're pushing for that to be a line or for that to kind of, like there were some things that were kind of quippy on purpose, I feel like, but I think that was more just, I noticed it was, the dialogue was clunky more than. The dialogue is a little clunky in this movie. That's okay though. That's not why we come to this. And And then. I would like to say that the clunky dialogue. Clunky dialogue aside. Melinda Clark can rise above it. Okay. Like, she's a good enough actress, I think, and I believe her at times to where, like, even when they write her dialogue that doesn't exactly work, I still don't mind. Kurt? <laughs> um, oh, what's his name? What's his... Uh, Trevor they... Edmund, J. Okay. Trevor Edmund. He doesn't, he doesn't have the same ability to transcend <laughs> no. that she does, and sometimes some of the stuff he says, I'm like, eh. Eh. Yeah. Eh. But, and then yeah. fantasy and fornication, for sure, on all counts with both of those. I hope that zombies are still just a fantasy When by the time you're listening to this listener. Yeah, well, I mean, it's... Who knows post- where we're headed? 2016, anything is fucking possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Did you, did you pick up on anything a little deeper in this movie? Not really. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think there's... I don't think it's hidden at all. It's but. not like, I, I don't agree with the critics that it's, you know, like, you know, just a masturbatory fuck fest and, and of blood and death and sex for horror fans. I don't agree with that. But I also don't think it's like, oh, a feminist take on zombieism. Like, I think this was just a kind of a cool movie. It was aimed at teenagers, and that's what they, we were into at that time. This would definitely have been a movie that, this would have been like a date night movie for that sure. I would have complained about going on. There's... I don't know. Like, we talked about it a little bit. Some things never change. A minute ago. There was, like, some weird thing in the air in the early 90s where, like, guys were writing these, like, achingly romantic movies in different genres. Yeah. Like, the 80s, the the end of the 80s became, like, comedy. Like, a genre-comedy, right? Like, action-comedies, horror comedies were like the order of the day for like the mid to late 80s right and it seems like the early 90s happened and suddenly it was like what if we made this into like a hardcore love story and that was yeah 90s were the the decade of rom-coms and passionate angsty teens people were like Wanting to fall in love in the early 90s, man. Like, everything had a love story. Ugh, explain so much about my poor fucked up life. <laughs> All right. So what are we watching next week? We already did this. Oh, okay. Sorry. So. <laughs> Brain dead. Sorry. Dead alive. It is. Dead alive. <laughs> well, then, until next time. I'm and I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs> he still puts up with me. Bye. <laughs>